0: Kamala Harris gives the worst post game speech of all time during March Madness. We meet the very weird head of global markets at Credit Suisse, and we examine hilarious recovered footage of flamboyantly gay man and now trans hero of the Republic, Dylan Mulvaney, from The Price is Right. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is the Ben Shapiro Show. The Ben Shapiro Show is sponsored by Expressive VPN. I talk about them every single show. Why haven't you gotten a VPN yet? Get Expressive VPN right now at slash Ben. Well, March Madness. Began yesterday. And it was, you know, a spectacular beginning. There was a 15 seed that beat a two seed. You know, it, it, it's all begun. But there was one moment that really shone above all the others during March Madness. So there was a 16-1 game, okay? meaning a 16 seed playing a one seed. That 16 seed was Howard University. They haven't been in the tournament for a long time. And, um, and the one seed was Kansas. So, you know, not a shock. The, the one seed won and won pretty handily, 96 to 68. But the real headline here is that Kamala Harris showed up. So Kamala Harris apparently showed up to the game and then proceeded to get booed, actually. She 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 got booed when she showed up to the game when she was shown on the arena's Jumbotron. <laughs> so that is, I think, uh, you know, deserved But that wasn't the real headline here. The real headline is what Kamala Harris did right after. And I saw this clip last night. And I have to give credit to Javier, our security guy, because he's the one who, who made me aware of this. And he deserves all the credit for what's about to, what's about to grace your screens and, and your ears. Because this is just the most spectacular Kamala Harris performance of all time. So Howard has just gotten its butt handed to it by Kansas. And again, no shame in that. They're a 16 seed playing one seed. They're supposed to lose. And the first half was relatively close. In the second half, they, they sort of fell apart. Not atypical in a game like this. But imagine that you've spent the entire season trying to play into the NCAA tournament. You finally get there. And you get whooped by almost 30 points. And then in strolls, the vice president of the United States, one of the most charmless, graceless people ever to walk the political stage. And she is there to give you a pep speech, a pep speech after you've just lost by 30 points. She's going to give an inspirational, uplifting talk. This is our political class in a nutshell. It's all veep. It is all just a giant joke. And these are all jokers. Just imagine, honestly, imagine the feelings of the players who've played the whole year to get to the tournament. They've just lost. And they're like, God, all I want to do is take a shower and if I'm of age, have a beer and go home. And in strolls vice president of the United States with the cameras to give an, ups- an uplifting, inspiring speech. But it's Kamala Harris style. So here we go. She's so Just clapping. You hard.
1: You played to the very last second. Oh, no. you made oh, all us no. bisons so, so proud. You hustled out no. there. You are smart. You are disciplined. You put everything you had into the game. And you know, that's what it's about, right? Until the last minute. Oh, no. You guys did that. You didn't stop until the last second. And you did not stop. And that is so. Well, what were they supposed to do? It forfeit? So you keep playing with chin up and shoulders back. Because you oh, showed God. the world who Bison are, right? Sweet baby. I mean, you literally what you have done is in historic proportion. You know, I was at Howard back in what? the day where we were just happy that there was a game, <laughs> <laughs> much less getting to this place, uh-huh. Uh-huh. right? Uh-huh. And I see Bison literally all over the world, and we've been talking about you, this team, this team, you all, this team, this year, this oh, team.
0: She's so terrible.
1: You make us so oh proud. God. So I know you may not be feeling great right now. Okay? But know who you are. You are excellent. You
0: need to pick her up or from the VP.
1: You mm. are hard work. You are powerful. She and doesn't you stop. She just keeps going. All right? So please know I mean, that. you just lost me. Please <laughs> know that. And I'll see you later. And if you guys ever want to come and do a yeah, White like, House risk Coach, Where's Coach? Right <laughs> there you are. Come, so we should we plan if you guys want at some point, right? When it's like a you know when you feel like playing hooky uh, Friday afternoon whatever. <laughs> just come and we'll do a White House tour,
0: okay? They're like never. All right, I'm we don't so want to be anywhere near you. Guys, so proud. All right, I'll Thank you. see you later. Right. Thank you. They're like, please. I, I hope we don't see you later. Goodbye. Wow, that wasn't that inspiring. That was the most inspiring speech since that one time that that girl played in the uh, in the football game. And then she kicked a squib kick. And then she gave a picker upper talk at halftime. That, that is just inspiring stuff from Kamala Harris. Just slow clap for the vice president of the United States. All of politics is morons. Hey, they're all stupid. I'm just going to say it right now. They're all idiots. Kamala Harris is the vice president of the United States. She has no sense of time. She has no sense of place. She has no sense of the emotional reality of losing a, an NCAA basketball game. She strolls on in and makes a political speech with no content whatsoever. And everybody is just supposed to nod oh, my God, she's so terrible. She's so awful at this. And the reason that I begin with this is because that's all of them. They're all like this. I've met many politicians, the number of politicians who have this extraordinary sense of egotism that the entire world revolves around them. They walk into a room and the only thing that matters is the words that are going to spill from their mouths like Pearls from the mouth of Demosthenes. Like, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. It's the lack of self-awareness. It, just the, the utter self-censored narcissism of these people. And that is why our policies suck everywhere and for all time. Because that's who politics draws, apparently. We'll get to what that means for us in just one second. First. I want to talk to you about DailyWire's most trusted privacy partner and a premier sponsor of this show, ExpressVPN. When you use the bathroom, you always close the door behind you, right? Right? Because if you don't, that makes you gross. You should close the door behind you. What are you doing? Well, if you're using the internet and you're not protecting yourself, it's basically the same thing. And there are a lot of people out there, unlike you in the bathroom with the door open, like some people actually want to get your internet data. There are people who actually would love to have it. Big tech would love to have it. The government would love to have it. All of the... All of the hackers would love to, like, all these people would love to have your data. That data is your business, so just protect it with ExpressVPN. They put a stop to people grabbing that data by creating a secure encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet, so your online activity cannot be seen by anyone. ExpressVPN is just as easy as closing that bathroom door. You fire up the app, you click one button, and now you are protected. It's no wonder ExpressVPN is the world's number one rated VPN by Mashable, The Verge, and countless others. So if, like me, you believe that your online activity is no one else's business, get the VPN I trust and use at expressvpn.com slash Ben. Again, use my exclusive link, E-X-P-R-E-S-S, vpn.com slash Ben. Get an extra three months for free, expressvpn.com slash Ben. We'll get to more on that in just one moment. First, free, you know that, that word? It should mean free, which is why when you switch to Pure Talk today, you will get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. There's no four-line requirement, no activation fee, just a free Samsung that is built to last with a rugged screen, quick charging battery, and top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks monthly for unlimited talk text, 15 gigs of data plus mobile hotspot. PureTalk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network. It's the same coverage you know and love, but for half the price of the other guys. PureTalk saves the average family almost $1,000 a year. Plus... With Pure Talk, you know you're spending your hard-earned money with a company that aligns with your values. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Head on over to puretalk.com slash Shapiro and claim eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro. Switch to my cell phone company. They have excellent coverage. That coverage has been getting me through the day for the last couple of years. They're awesome. They don't hate you. So what do you have to lose? Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro and switch over today. All righty, so... It has now been three years, the anniversary was yesterday, of 15 days to slow the spread. Isn't that exciting? You remember that happened March 15th, 2020, 15 days to slow the spread, one of the signal moments in American history. Now, it's understandable at the time. I don't want to do this routine where 2020 is hindsight. At the time, people didn't know that much about the virus. You know, it was arguable as to as to what exactly should be done, but the broad smiles on the faces of the people who are about to implement 15 Days to Slow the Spread, which actually meant three years to slow the spread, trillions of dollars blown into the economy, an inflationary spiral, a shutdown on hundreds of thousands of small businesses, the destruction of children's lives for two years. The smiles on their faces ushering this thing in are creepy in retrospect. Let's just say that because this was the beginning, right? This did not turn out the way they said it would turn out. It wasn't, in fact, a concerted strategy. It was not, in fact, a way of gaining control over the virus because it didn't do that. It was an element of one ultra-crepidarian side of society, the expert class, deciding for the rest of us what life was going to be like. Here is the clip for those who don't remember that terrible day, March 15th, 2020.
1: He was my mentor, so I'm going to have to let him speak. Deborah the there. small
2: print here, it's really small print. In states with evidence of community transmission... Bars, restaurants, food courts, gyms, and other indoor and outdoor venues where groups of people congregate should be closed.
0: And look how happy he is. Look, look how pleased they are with themselves. They are so pleased with themselves. Now, of course, the, the big problem here is that President Trump had the right instincts, which was don't shut everything down. But he was essentially encouraged to defer to the quote unquote expert class. And the expert class blew it. They blew it for three long years. They are still blowing it. Dr. Anthony Fauci, who just will not leave. I mean, I thought he was going to leave already, but apparently he is still here. He is out there still saying we need more booster shots. Booster shots are the only way out. More and more and more booster shots. Again, where is the evidence that this is the case? I would love to see what evidence he's actually citing that booster shots are going to be the way out of out of anyone getting COVID ever again, considering that it has not stopped transmission in any serious way.
2: And let me just ask you, I know it's radical, but let me ask a doctor a medical question. How are we doing uh, in in the COVID battle right now? We can do better than we're doing. We've got to get that death rate, which is around 400 or so, sometimes as high as 500, sometimes down to 300 per day. We've really got to do better than that. I mean, if you look at the... Relative percentage of people who have are updated on their boosters. We have less than 20 percent of the eligible people have received that updated BA four five boost. So we've got to do better mm. than that, even though we're
0: doing much better than we were. Shots and shots and shots and shots. It's the only way out. Eighty percent of your body mass must be made up of the vaccine, despite the fact that, again, the data tend to show that natural immunity is just as durable, if not more durable than the actual vaccines themselves, particularly when it comes to Omicron, which is not nearly as deadly as the original variant. But the key to to understanding Anthony Fauci and what the last three years have been is this clip. He says, you know what? When we've been giving you data, when we've been out there saying contradictory things, it's not because we're flip-flopping. It's because we're learning. I wish that were true. I wish that were true. I wish that Anthony Fauci, I wish the expert class, had been transparent the whole way. But they're not. They're not. They believe in an esoteric, exoteric distinction when it comes to politics. Very famously, there's a philosopher named Leo Strauss who talks about Plato. And what he suggests is that there are people who read Plato and then they sort of just read it at face value, but there's a deeper meaning to it. And the deeper meaning is planted there for the specific elite and everybody else. That's, That's the esoteric. And then the exoteric is what everybody else is able to read. When it comes to your job as a public servant providing information to the public, there should not be an esoteric, exoteric distinction. It shouldn't be that the elites get one message and everybody else gets the other. There shouldn't be platonic lies. Anthony Fauci insists there were not platonic lies, but we know for a fact that there were platonic lies. And that is why the elites blow it and they continue to blow it. Here is Anthony Fauci yesterday.
2: What have you learned uh, three years in about COVID? The big surprise of all, when we expected that it would go up and then go back down and then sort of disappear and go into the background, we wound up having variant after variant and surge after surge right up to what we're having right now, which are sublineages of the Omicron surge, which started well over a year ago. So this has been really a moving target. And that's the reason why we've had a many times change some of the things that we said and recommended. People saying right. that's flip-flopping, but it isn't. It's learning as you go along and making your recommendations according to the new data right. as it evolves.
0: If they had been fully transparent, that would be true. But it is not true. There were no new data suggesting that masks suddenly became effective after Anthony Fauci said they weren't effective after saying that they were effective. There was no new data suggesting that protesting certain causes was okay, but protesting other causes was not okay. There was no new data suggesting that certain types of outdoor activity should be banned, but other types of outdoor activity should not be banned. Like The data were pretty clear in the early days exactly what COVID was and what COVID was not. The data changed when it came to, for example, Or they were just lying about the data and falsifying the data with regard to transmissibility after vaccination. But this is the the key. The experts keep claiming over and over and over that they are able to control all of the vicissitudes of life, all of the risks of life. And then they blow it. And then they wonder why people look at them and they say, you experts don't know bleep. We do not trust you anymore. They have blown all institutional trust, which brings us to the state of the economy. Get to that in just one moment. First. When we are talking about medicine, one thing is obvious. There are, in fact, certain medical things that you should have in your house because when supply chains break down when you can't get out to the CVS, you need to make sure that you have those things. There's a hurricane in Florida and suddenly the CVS is closed, but your kid gets cut or something. You need an antibiotic. Well, this is where the Jace case comes in, but it's not enough to just have those medications through the Jace case via Jace Medical. You should also know what to do in case of emergency like that. This is why my friends at Jace Medical are offering my audience a free ebook that every family needs in their emergency preparedness kit. This ebook is maybe a five minute read. I'd like for you to download it and save it so you have it when you need it. The guide provides valuable information regarding emergency wound care, proper first aid, and how to safely use antibiotics when necessary. Now, my wife and I got the Jay's case. We've got those antibiotics on hand for the kids. I've downloaded the free ebook as well, and you should do the same. Get the free ebook today at jacemedical.com forward slash Ben. Have all the information that you need, the valuable information that you need regarding things like Emergency first aid, how to safely use the antibiotics if you have to. It's J A S E Medical.com forward slash Ben, Jasemedical.com forward slash Ben. It's more on this in just one moment. First, you've heard me talk about how important it is to have a VPN to protect your online privacy before. Choosing a VPN you trust is equally as important. Now I actually research the show's sponsors because I want to recommend brands I believe in. I can say with full confidence ExpressVPN is the best VPN on the market for starters. ExpressVPN does not log your online activity. Lots of cheap or free VPNs make money by selling your data to advertisers, but ExpressVPN doesn't do that. They've even developed a technology called Trusted Server that makes their VPN servers incapable of storing any data at all. ExpressVPN also uses Lightway. That's a new VPN protocol they engineered to make user speeds faster than ever. I've tried a lot of VPNs in the past that can sometimes slow your connection, but ExpressVPN is always blazing fast and lets me stream videos in HD quality with zero buffering. Not to mention, ExpressVPN Really, really easy to use. You don't need any technical skills to set it up. You just fire up the app, you tap one button, and now you're connected. Even your grandparents could do it. I'm not just the one saying this. It's Business Insider, The Verge, a lot of other tech journals. They rate ExpressVPN as the number one VPN on planet Earth. Protect yourself with the VPN I know and trust. Use my link at expressvpn.com slash ben today. Get an extra three months free on that one-year package. That's expressvpn.com ben, expressvpn.com ben to learn more. Okay, so... This brings us to the financial situation. Our experts keep claiming that everything is under control. And the minute that our experts now say that everything is under control, I start to check my wallet because I have serious, serious doubts. According to The Wall Street Journal, the biggest banks in the United States swooped in to rescue First Republic Bank with a flood of cash totaling $30 billion yesterday in an effort to stop a spreading panic following a pair of recent bank failures. The bank executives came together in recent days to formulate the plan, discussing it with Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen and other officials and regulators in Washington, D.C., people familiar with the matter said. Apparently, the banks have already taken out, I kid you not, something like $168 billion from the Federal Reserve in terms of borrowing from the Federal Reserve in order to shore up their balance sheets in expectation of possible future runs. The, The possibility of a real recession now is becoming larger and larger, which is exactly what Goldman Sachs says. The attempt to save First Republic is probably how they should have done it with Silicon Valley Bank. But as, as you'll recall, the Federal Reserve decided, that they, the FDIC decided they were not going to allow a full bidding process to just pick up and save Silicon Valley Bank by other big banks. Instead, they were going to make you, the taxpayer, bear the burden of filling in all of those unsecured depositors, which puts the Federal Reserve on the hook for trillions of dollars in unsecured deposit holdings if one of these banks goes under. All of the all of these banks, their stock dropped yesterday, J.P. Morgan Chase, Citigroup, Bank of America, Wells Fargo. They're each making a five billion dollar uninsured deposit into First Republic in order to, again, shore up their balance sheets. Morgan Stanley and Goldman Sachs are each kicking in two point five billion dollars apiece. Five other banks are contributing one billion dollars apiece. The Treasury Department, Federal Reserve, FDIC and Office of the Comptroller of the Currency said, quote, this show of support by a group of large banks is most welcome and demonstrates the resilience of the banking system. Now, again, this sounds a little too easy, honestly. So yesterday, Janet Yellen gave testimony on the Hill where she suggested that our banking system remains sound. Now, again, this is the same lady who suggested that inflation was going to be transitory and that blowing money into the economy was not going to be a permanent problem.
3: I can reassure the members of the committee that our banking system is sound and that Americans can feel confident that their deposits will be there when they need them. This week's actions demonstrate our resolute commitment to ensure that our financial system remains strong and that depositors' savings remain safe.
0: Hey, well, do you feel secure now that she's said it? All the experts are saying they're under control. It's under control. Just like COVID was under control with 15 days to slow the spread, they always have it under control until precisely the moment that they do not. One big problem when it comes to First Republic is that the systemic problems that actually attend to First Republic are slightly different than the systemic problems with Silicon Valley Bank. The Silicon Valley Bank overinvested in U.S. government bonds or mortgage-backed securities. That that was one of their big problems. 15% of First Republic's $212 billion in assets are investment securities, mostly made up of municipal bonds. Now, muni bonds, have the advantage, according to The Wall Street Journal, of being tax-exempt, and they bear a low-risk weighting for the purposes of calculating capital to meet the regulatory standards. Most muni bonds are held by households and mutual funds that are thinly traded on the secondary market. Muni bonds also have a similar duration risk to other long-dated government securities, but they can't be rapidly sold to redeem deposits. So that means that First Republic is actually not all that liquid. So, another illustration of how Dodd-Frank failed. First Republic's tier one leverage ratio is greater than that of most bid banks, though it might not be enough to absorb all of the losses. So in other words, you know, this notion that simply shoring up their current holdings is going to be enough. If they're not liquid, it may not be enough if there were to be a run on the bank. Jenny Ellen also admitted yesterday, by the way, that the SVB bailouts of uninsured deposit holders on unsecured deposit holders, she admitted that that sort of bailout is not going to apply to rural community banks. So apparently it only applies to the ones that are, quote unquote, too big to fail or too properly located to fail.
2: Every bank, every community bank in Oklahoma, regardless of the size of the deposit, will they get the same treatment that
0: SVBP just got or Signature Bank just got?
3: A bank only gets that treatment if a majority of the FDIC board, a supermajority, a supermajority of the Fed board, and I, in consultation with the president, determine that The failure to protect uninsured depositors would create systemic risk.
0: So it won't create systemic risk if a small bank fails and it's a bunch of farmers. But if it's Silicon Valley Bank and they're tied into the entire system because it is elite people who are using those institutions, all those people get bailed out. By the way, this is the same Janet Yellen again. Her expertise is supposed to make you feel secure. This is the same Jenny Ellen who said literally yesterday in testimony that reckless spending did not contribute to the collapse. She was asked if reckless spending contributed to the collapse. She's like, "No, not at all."
1: Well, this administration acknowledged that their reckless tax and spending contributed to not only the challenges that we see in everyday households, but also to the challenges that we are facing today with SVB.
3: Look, inflation is too high and it is the president's top priority to bring it down. And there are many contributors to why inflation is too high. Importantly, fallout from the pandemic and Russia's war on Ukraine that boosted food and energy prices. Many countries around the world suffer from the same problem.
0: So it wasn't the reckless spending. So we'll keep going with the reckless spending. And then she will assure you that everything is going to be just fine. Again, I have doubts. I have serious doubts because Janet Yellen. Kamala Harris, these are all part of the same broad political class. Anthony Fauci, now the notion that the expert class in politics is different from the political class generally is a category error. A lot of these people are not, in fact, predominantly experts in their fields who are concerned with getting the answer right. Many of them are very much in favor of being in charge of the levers of public policy, and that requires a certain level of self-confidence that often crosses over into narcissistic arrogance that allows you to make predictions that simply are not true and play with people's money and lives in the process. In just one second, we'll see the kind of people who are, are now being incentivized to get into positions of responsibility at banks like Credit Suisse. First, let's talk about a sad fact. We are all going to die. I know. Bad, bad time to talk about this, but there's never a good time to talk about this. So let's just put this out there. We are all going to plots at some point. And as we draw our last breath, some of us will be thinking, man, I should have gotten life insurance. At least my family was taken care of. And that means that you should head on over to Policy Genius right now and avoid that sad fate. Policy Genius makes it easy to compare life insurance quotes from top companies and find your lowest price. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies at the start at just 25 bucks per month for a million dollars in coverage. Some options offer coverage in as little as a week and avoid those unnecessary medical exams. Policy Genius' licensed agents can help you find coverage options in as little as a week. They work for you, not the insurance companies, which means they don't have an incentive to recommend one insurer over another, so you can actually trust their guidance. There are no added fees. Your personal information remains private. Your loved ones deserve that financial safety net, and you deserve a smarter way to find and buy it. Head over to policygenius.com slash apparel, or click the link in the description. Get your free life insurance quotes. See how much you could save. Again, if you have dependents, you need to make sure that they are taken care of in case, God forbid, you plots, Head on over to policygenius.com slash Shapiro. Get that taken care of right now. Policygenius.com slash Shapiro. Okay, so Credit Suisse was one of the other banks that was sort of on the chopping block here. They've had an infusion of cash from the Swiss National Bank. It is unclear, other than Chris, Credit Suisse's kind of general mismanagement over the course of the last three years, what makes them more systemically risky than other banks. But that mismanagement has been presided over by the head of global markets at Credit Suisse, a person named Pips Bunce. Pips Bunce, well, Pips Bunce is um, an interesting human. Pips Bunce, his name is Philip Bunce. He is a dude, but he is known, according to the evening standard in the UK, to sometimes go to work in a wig and women's clothing. He was also named on the Financial Times and Heroes, Champions of Women in Business list, an annual ranking of 100 company leaders who support women in business this gender-fluid senior director at Credit Suisse. This is back in um, 2018. So this man is one of the 100 best women in business, according to the Financial Times. Known as Pips Buns, the director who is Credit Suisse's head of global markets, core engineering integration components, came in 32nd on the Financial Times list of 100 female business champions, despite the fact that he is, in fact, a male who is married to a woman and has a couple of kids. After receiving that award, he said in a statement, I am truly honored and humbled by this award and I'm proud of the progress we are making toward all forms of gender diversity and equality. These are the people who are running our institutions increasingly. If this seems strange to you, it shouldn't be because we are a society that is completely devoted to the idea that forms of forms of oddity and weirdness are not indicators of any, of any failures of risk assessment whatsoever. It's, it's just this is the normal. It's the new normal, guys. It's just normal. Here is a McKinsey celebrating Pips Buns. I think as an LGBTQI leader, I think some of the things
2: that's really helped me on my own journey is, you know, A, being really proud Mix of who I Pips am, buns. you know, really owning my
0: authenticity, because I think people relate and correlate to you so much better when they know you're being totally genuine, sincere, and honest. I think also, you know, having had certain amounts of adversity on your own journey, I think that in builds into you a fair amount of sort of extra resilience, which then really helps empower your own sort of leadership skills. Yeah. This is what you're looking for in a banker, isn't isn't it? These are the folks who you want handling your banking. By the way, here is um, Pips Buntz at that McKinsey Alliance LGBTQ conference talking about what intersectionality means to him.
3: Intersectionality
0: to me means, you know, we don't all fit into a nice single one box. You know, I'm non-binary, I'm gender fluid, I'm trans, I'm many different things. We all, you know, you're have not, so you're many new. different amazing attributes. To me, we're all the same, but uniquely different. Remember, power should never be concentrated in too few hands because very often people are strange and weird. And the people who often seek that power in today's modern world are people who are not doing so out of a sense of duty to their fellow human beings. They are seeking that power not because they believe that they are going to, quote unquote, better the world for anyone except for their own particular type. It's, it's a strange and, and terrifying move on, on behalf of Western civilization. When the great experts of our time are mostly concerned about whether they get on magazine covers rather than what they are actually accomplishing in the world. Which uh, brings us to the strangest clip of the day. We played a few already, but this is definitely the strangest clip of the day. So Dylan Mulvaney, Dylan Mulvaney is a man who believes that he is a woman and has been richly rewarded for that delusion. Dylan Mulvaney has spent one year being a girl, by which I mean he is a man who pretends that he is a girl for a year. And this means that he gets makeup contracts and it means that he performs at the Rainbow Room, sponsored by major corporations and has major Hollywood stars come out in support of him pretending to be a woman. Now, we are supposed to believe that in in, in some internal way, Dylan Mulvaney is one, actually a woman, not just a gay man, actually a woman. And two, not attention seeking. A perfectly humble person who's going about the problems in his daily life, but suffers from gender dysphoria and is trying to find his happy place. That's what we're, we're supposed to believe. The culture has, has told us that we must believe this. We must repeat this. Well, it's unfortunate then that there is tape of Dylan Mulvaney being a gay man uh, like a few years ago. And it turns out that Dylan Mulvaney imitating a woman is precisely the same thing as Dylan Mulvaney being a flamboyant gay man. Here is a clip of Dylan Mulvaney on The Price is Right circa 2020. See if you can tell the difference between Dylan Mulvaney's behavior in this clip and Dylan Mulvaney's behavior now, the only difference being that now Dylan Mulvaney wears more makeup and a dress. You to spin the wheel.
2: Yeah, you get to spin the wheel, but guess what? You get a second chance in this game first. No way. Oh,
0: yeah. my God. Oh, my God, I'm still in it.
2: So you know two prices already, which is a great thing. $3.99 and $5.99. Which one do you want to keep?
0: I'm going to keep the five ninety nine. Keep
2: five ninety nine. Something else up here is $5.99. Okay. You can tell me what it is. You get... a oh,
0: good Lord. I'm gonna say the get ready, soup. guys. Get ready.
2: Soup, $5.99. It's pretty fancy. It is. Yes, you got it. Dylan's a winner. Dylan's a winner. Dylan, nice
0: job, man. Dylan is um, not an attention-seeking person. Look at that. Dylan is a uh, humble,
2: right person-seeking. Don't go
0: seeking. away, folks. Here, here goes Dylan Mulvaney. and the camera stays on Dylan Mulvaney. Uh, wait, no, no, is it over? It's, it's not over. Nope. You think- We're gonna fade- Nope. There's more. I'm gonna go to commercial. Nope. Nope, it's still- Nope, still- do- Nope. Alright, well, now he's running around, now he's waving his hands. Now he's kissing the camera, jumping up and down. And, uh, doing spins. And You, th- you think it's- Now he's doing a weird dance. <laughs> and, uh, more weird dancing. You think it's over, guys? It's, it's over, right? No? Nope. Oh, it's continuing. Wow. So, Oh, now, now picking up a pool cue. Oh, we're, oh, wow, like doing step kicks. Okay, well, is it over? Is it rowing the boat, rowing the boat, rowing the boat? Dylan Mulvaney, guys. A humble individual simply seeking personal happiness and in no way attention seeking. Uh, again, I, w- I will note that Dylan Mulvaney's behavior as a flamboyant gay man in this clip is precisely the same as Dylan Mulvaney's behavior as a woman. So the new definition of woman now actually just matches up With Jack Nicholson's description of a woman in As Good As It Gets, a man, but without reason or accountability. Literally, that is Dylan Mulvaney's definition of a woman. You know, my my friend Matt Walsh, he, uh, he constantly asks, what is a woman? We know the answer. The answer is a woman is Dylan Mulvaney, which means exactly the same as Dylan Mulvaney, gay man, but wearing a dress and some high heels and some makeup and having some surgeries. So exactly. So a man without reason or accountability is the is apparently now that that was a joke when Jack Nicholson said it and as good as it gets. And now it's the actual definition of woman, according to members of the far left. So things are going great in our side. All the experts, I mean, this person sat with the president of the United States talking about policy with regard to hormone treatments and surgeries for minors. This is where we are in our all the experts, the expert class, they are amazing at this. I'm so glad that they proved their mettle during the pandemic and then proved their mettle again in 40 year highs in inflation, and proved their mettle socially by, by pushing this sort of nonsense. They're also proving their mettle when it comes to the environment. So I'm excited to announce to you that the left, which told you about six weeks ago that there was no attempt to come after the gas stoves. Remember this? And you know, the Biden administration had talked about they were going to investigate whether to get rid of, of gas stoves or not. Well, um, and, and they're like, no, 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 no we're, not, we're not getting rid of gas stoves. No, guys, we would never do something like that. We know you love your gas stoves. We know it's a lot easier to cook on flame than it is to cook on an electric stove, which, by the way, is true. It is much better to cook on an open flame than it is on an electric stove. Um, but they said, no, 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 you're not supposed to pay any attention. We're not We're not going to do any of that. Uh, they were lying. They were lying. We'll get to that in a moment. First, if you run a small business, you need to plan ahead. It's very difficult to plan ahead under these circumstances, but there's one thing that you can do that you can guarantee is actually going to lower your costs and save you time and money. And that, of course, is Stamps.com. Stamps.com lets you print your own postage and shipping labels directly from your home or office. It's ready to go in minutes so you can get back to running your business sooner. Stamps.com offers rates you can't find anywhere else, like up to 84% off USPS and UPS. Plus, they automatically tell you your cheapest and fastest shipping options. For 25 years, Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses. Get access to the shipping services you need to run your business directly from your computer. No lines, no traffic, and no waiting. You can print postage wherever you do business. They even send you a free scale. So you'll have everything you need to get started. We've been using stamps.com here at DailyWare for years because we are not interested in wasting our time or wasting our money should be the same for you. Set your business up for success today. Get started with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code Shapiro for a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments, no contracts. Just go to Stamps.com, click that microphone at the top of the homepage, enter code Shapiro again, Stamps.com, click that mic, and then enter code Shapiro to get started. Also, last week, I was visited here in Florida by none other than comedian, free thinker, and all-around fascinating dude, Russell Brand. We had a, a... Terrific conversation. I'm excited to share it with you now as the premiere episode for season two of my show, The Search. Here's a sneak peek of the episode. Ben, I can smell weed right now. (laughs) Right now. Are we going to just sit here? Uh (laughs) Ben! There's a difference between innocent and good. Ah, cool. Let me think about that for a couple of months. <laughs> <laughs> Give me the Talmud, because if it's not in there, <laughs> I want to know what the hell's going on. Uh, I, I, Can you I'm smell it? Gonna, I'm not going to be the one who says the weed is kosher. I'm 20 years clean. I didn't think this is how I was going to fall off the wagon. I've been <laughs> with Bill Maher. Exactly. I thought it was you and Rogan. Like, you, I've been with Rogan. Maath, Shapiro takes me down. For God's sake. It's a great episode. Russell is a phenomenal person. He's just hilarious and really, it's a great episode. We go through a lot of really deep topics ranging from religion to how to raise kids. You're going to love it. We also have a lot of other great and interesting guests in store for you this season, including my upcoming sit down with Megan and Kelly. If you're not already a Daily Wire Plus member, sign up today. Hear my chat with Russell. That's available right now. Plus access to our entire library of shows, movies, documentaries, upcoming kids content, and more. Go to dailywireplus.com. Also, this Sunday, James O'Keefe is going to be on the Sunday special. So, James O'Keefe, you remember he just got ousted from his own organization, Project Veritas. We'll talk about what comes next for James. He has announced a new organization. We want to find out about what new investigations he's going to be undertaking. So, you're going to have to check out the Sunday special to find out the answers to those questions. Okay, meanwhile, here's the thing about our weird class, our weird class, they want like epic levels of control over your individual life. See, here's the thing about traditional rules and traditional roles these are pieces of time tested wisdom that have lasted over the course of thousands of years across civilizations, as it turns out. And we are discarding all of that in favor of a few weirdos who have decided that they get to control everything about your life all the way down to the level of should you have a gas stove in your house? I don't trust them because why would I trust them? Why would I give these people control over my life? So the Biden administration lied. Remember that they said they weren't coming after your gas stove. Well, now, according to the Washington Examiner, the simmering controversy over a Biden administration gas stove ban has reignited. Not one, but two separate federal agencies are proposing or studying regulations that would severely curtail the use of gas stoves for new construction. That has renewed the culture war battle over the appliances. Instead of working to lower food prices for families and lessening inflation, the Biden administration's priority is working to target as many as 40% of Americans and arbitrarily ban their gas stoves, according to the Heritage Action Executive Director Jessica Anderson. The Department of Energy has now proposed new efficiency standards, which the vast majority of today's gas stoves would not meet. The Consumer Product Safety Commission is seeking information on, quote, chronic hazards associated with gas ranges and proposed solutions to these hazards, potentially in advance of its own rule. DOE says that its proposal would not be a ban, per se, but um, 96 percent of gas stoves the DOE physically tested did not meet the new regulations. So it's not a ban, but it's kind of a ban. Meanwhile. Senators Joe Manchin of West Virginia and Ted Cruz teamed up for a bipartisan bill to block a gas stove ban. Again, one of the things that is driving all of this is this notion that if we get the, the if we de-hook houses to natural gas, this is somehow going to lower carbon emissions necessary uh, to the extent necessary to lower climate change. That's, that's absurd. It's not even going to come close to doing any of that. But that doesn't matter. It's all about feeling good about yourselves and really not you feeling good about yourself having to cook on a crappy electric range. No, it, it's really about, you know, the people who are in power feeling good about themselves. That's that's what really matters. What matters is their sense of self-satisfaction because they're not here to re any sense of duty or traditional morality. They're here to make themselves feel really good about all the things, which means that they have to feel as though they are changing the world. They are changing. So New York lawmakers, according to Politico, are now on track to enact a statewide ban on gas heating and appliances in new buildings, a major marker in a partisan fight over fossil fuels and consumer choice. The State Assembly and Senate, both controlled by Democrats, included different versions of a natural gas ban in their budget proposals. Those are expected to be reconciled, and Governor Kathy Hochul will apparently sign that thing. The Energy Department, of course, has been proposing efficiency regulations for cooktops and ovens and gas stoves, but New York is looking to ban all this for real. It would be the first state to enact a full natural gas ban for new building developments, effectively requiring them to use electric heating and stoves. Now, Again, there's a a serious problem here, which is that all of the electrical grids are still run off of fossil fuels. I mean, that that is natural gas, coal, oil, right? These are the way that most of the electrical grids are still fueled because all other forms of energy are either seasonal or time-dependent, right? Solar only works when the sun is shining. Wind only works when the wind is blowing. Natural gas, oil, coal, these are physical forms of energy that can then be utilized in order to generate electricity around the clock. But they're attempting to, I guess, you know, make it unclear where exactly you are getting your power by making it so that your building can't hook up to natural gas anymore. Now it's going to hook to the electrical grid, which is just going to use natural gas in order to power the electrical grid. So all of that is very exciting. Again, all of this is designed to make people feel good about themselves. It doesn't actually change the trajectory in any major way with regard to carbon emissions. Meanwhile, California regulators are doing the same thing, according to the Washington Free Beacon. California regulators voted on Wednesday to ban gas furnaces and water heaters in one of the state's most populated regions, a move that will likely require locals to undergo costly home renovations. The Bay Area Air Quality District Board, a panel of appointees tasked with curbing pollutants for nine California counties, voted on Wednesday to block the installation of all gas-powered appliances beginning in 2027. The board acknowledged homeowners will have to spend thousands of dollars to install electric appliances, and the pivot away from natural gas will increase energy costs. California, man, they are wrecking that place one regulation at a time. The Bay Area ban does not apply to gas stoves, but that offers little relief to residents. The ban will already raise the cost of living in the overpriced Bay Area, where the the good news is, you won't be able to use any sort of gas oven or gas heating or gas water heater, but you will be able to subsidize every black resident of San Francisco to the tune of $5 million. So excellent governance taking place from, again, our nation's strangest people. is spectacular stuff, which brings us full circle all the way back to Kamala Harris. Again, Kamala Harris is... In the dictionary, under politician, there's just a picture of Kamala Harris. The people who are in our country are all Kamala Harris. They don't know what their job is. They don't know what their permit is. They don't know exactly what their purview is. They don't know any of these things. All they know is that they've been thrust into positions of power and they have to do stuff that makes them feel good about themselves. Kamala Harris the other night had a very awkward moment. Another awkward moment it was a deep thought with Kamala Harris. And now, deep thoughts with Kamala Harris. Yeah, we have a lot of Kamala today, which uh, always makes you want to buy some life insurance. But just quick note, life insurance does not protect you against the fallout from suicide. Anyway, deep thoughts with Kamala Harris. So um, Kamala was on with Stephen Colbert, and uh, she was asked what the job of the vice president is. She is, lest you forget, the actual vice president of the United States. She did not have an answer.
2: It's a high constitutional office, but it's not prescribed so much about what you're supposed to be doing. Does is, is that ring true, like— What is is the actual role on a daily basis as you have found it?
1: Well, I have the great privilege of serving with Joe Biden, who was president of the United States. (laughs) He really is a true partner and he understands the job. And remember, we came in during the height of the pandemic. And so, so much of the work was about, okay, we've got to cover a lot of bases and let's figure out how between us we can do it. But he is um, an extraordinary leader and I wish that people could see what I see. The
2: question was, what is the job
0: of the vice president?
2: <laughs> and your answer is part of the job, I'm guessing.
0: Uh, no, th- th- thank you, Stephen, for trying to rescue Kamala Harris from her own failure there. But no, she did not actually have an answer. So remember, weirdos want power. Now, here's the thing a lot of human beings are strange. Human beings have weird quirks. Uh, that's what human beings are. But that is why the ones that you actually want in power are the ones who, who don't actually want to exercise that power in order to overthrow all of the traditional structures of society. Now, what's amazing is also what the media consider to be weird versus what is actually weird. So according to the media, the head of global markets at Credit Suisse being a gender fluid, false woman who is married to a woman and has a couple of kids. That's not weird. Dylan Mulvaney claiming to be a woman and then sitting with the president of the United States. That's not weird. Kamala Harris not speaking English and wandering aimlessly into into NCAA locker rooms to give crappy speech. That's not weird. What's weird is that one time, Ron DeSantis was on a plane and he ate pudding with his fingers. This is the weirdest thing. This is, this is how we define weird. The way that we define weird is whatever the left thinks is weird is weird. Men being women, not weird. So this is the big story of the day on the left. The only story that matters, according to the left today, is not the prospective financial meltdown. It is not the fact that the, the Democrats are now really indeed looking in major states to ban gas stoves. None of that matters. The only thing that truly matters, according to the left, is this story. So, the Daily Beast now reports that according to two sources, the Florida governor once ate, not repeatedly, once ate chocolate pudding with his fingers. Quote, the chatter over DeSantis's public engagement has also surfaced past unflattering stories about his social skills, particularly his propensity to devour food during meetings. He would sit in meetings and eat in front of people, a former DeSantis staffer told the Daily Beast, always like a starving animal who has never eaten before, getting bleep everywhere enshrined in DeSantis' lore is an episode from four years ago. During a private plane trip from Tallahassee to Washington, D.C. in March of 2019, DeSantis enjoyed a chocolate pudding dessert by eating it with three of his fingers, according to two sources familiar with the incident. Um, but that, that's, that, that's all that matters, right? That, that's, that's a huge story. Now, you have never eaten food with your fingers, of course, because you were brought up in the, in the court of Queen Victoria. So you've never eaten food with your fingers. And if we're going to go on like the scale of weirdness, obviously eating, putting with your fingers on a plane in the middle of a campaign, way weirder than actually believing that a man who cuts off his dick is a woman. I mean, that, I mean, but on, like, the scale of weirdness, the president of the United States sitting there and calling it sinful not to trans the children way, way less weird than uh, now. Here's the thing. The current president of the United States actually has pudding for brains. So that is it is significantly less important to me how people eat pudding than the fact that the current president of the United States actually has pudding between his ears. Like, that is actually a a, a real problem. But this is going to be the ongoing campaign. So the the ongoing campaign against DeSantis, they've been struggling for this, right? Normally, they say a couple of things about Republican candidates. They say stupid, corrupt, or evil, right? Those are the big three, stupid, corrupt, and evil. They can't say that DeSantis is stupid because he clearly is not. He went to Yale, and then he went to Yale Law School. You, you, You can't, right? And then he went to Harvard Law School. You can't say that he is corrupt because there's no evidence of corruption with Ron DeSantis. They've tried evil, but it doesn't really play because most of the policies that he's pursuing are widely popular. So now they're going with this fourth off the board option, which is weird, which is I don't think that is going to play. Not at all, because here's the thing. If you watch DeSantis on the campaign trail, he's not weird. He's like a normal person. So if the best that they can do is he ate pudding with his fingers. Good luck with that. Meanwhile, they have another angle that they are taking with regard to the Republicans are the media because they have to defend the Democrats at all costs. They're going back to the well on Republicans are really pessimistic and say mean and dark things. Here's a headline by Ashley Parker at The Washington Post, quote, much of the 2024 GOP field focuses on dark, apocalyptic themes. Now, I remember this exact headline after Donald Trump's convention speech in 2016. It was dark and apocalyptic. And then he won. Here's the rule of thumb. When you're out of power, you say bad things about what's happening in the country. When you're in power, you say good things about what's happening with the country. Specifically because when you're out of power, you're running to be in power. What are you going to just say? Like everything is bright and hunky-dory out there? Of course not. I seem to recall the entire media declaring that the apocalypse was upon us in the middle of an economic boom while Trump was president, while peace was breaking out in the Middle East. But apparently, if you mention that things are going poorly in the country or that we have some real serious societal fractures, this means dark and apocalyptic things. And the problem is that the American people kind of agree that things are not looking amazing in the United States right now. So the legacy media have this whole shtick, right? It's that if if you say that things are going poorly in the country, this means you have a dark vision of the country. Remember, the entire Washington Post that prints this entire piece talking about how the 2024 GOP field is focusing on dark apocalyptic themes. They literally put a a subheader on their paper called Democracy Dies in Darkness After Trump Was Elected. The darkness was upon us and they were the guiding light. It's just it's absurdity at the highest level. This is also why they are focusing in on a little video that Donald Trump cut yesterday. It's driving them up a wall. It's also why Trump is popular. I mean, I hate to break it to folks, but Trump remains popular with a lot of people, specifically because his interests seem to be in favor of what's going on in the country first. And there's a lot of talk in, in both sort of interventionist Republican circles and on the Democratic side about the split inside the Republican Party over Ukraine. The truth is there is not a massive split. There are some people who are full isolationists on Ukraine who are like, we shouldn't be involved at all. And then there's kind of the vast middle of the Republican Party that thinks it is important to stand Russia off from fully invading Ukraine, but it's asking what the end goal here is. Like, what is the actual end point here? But everybody on the, uh, everybody in the legacy media is yelling at Trump about this video that he did yesterday. They're calling him unpatriotic for a video that he did yesterday because what he suggested is the great threat to world empires, historically speaking, is interior collapse, internal failure. This is nothing new. I'm sorry, this is not dark, it is not apocalyptic. It happens to be quite true. Here is Donald Trump.
2: But the greatest threat to Western civilization today is not Russia. It's probably more than anything else, ourselves, and some of the horrible USA-hating people that represent us. It's the abolition of our national borders. It's the failure to police our own cities. It's the destruction of the rule of law from within. It's the collapse of the nuclear family and fertility rates like nobody can believe is happening. It's the Marxists who would have us become a godless nation worshiping at the altar of race and gender and environment. And it's the globalist class that has made us totally dependent on China and other foreign countries that basically hate us.
0: So what they're saying is that if he says that Russia is not our greatest threat, that the greatest threat is internal to the United States, that this means that he hates the United States. Well, Democrats believe the same thing about Republicans. I mean, this is what Joe Biden literally said every day in 2022. He said that Republicans were segregationists who wanted to reimpose Jim Crow 2.0. He said that Republicans... We're in league with people who wanted to overthrow the democracy, that we we're on the verge of a fascist overthrow, a fascist coup d'etat in the United States. He did that in front of a blood-red independence hall in one of the most authoritarian speeches I've ever seen in the United States. To pretend that this is like a, a unipolar argument, that if the other side gets control, it's gonna be bad for the country is absolutely absurd. But here's the thing: no matter how much you try to yell at Trump for being negative, or yell at DeSantis about being for being quote unquote negative about the current administration or about the state of the country. Of course, they're negative. They're in the opposition. And also, most Americans happen to agree with them. Most Americans do happen to agree with them. All right, time for some things I like and then some things that I hate. So things that I like today. So Netflix has now canceled an animated preschooler show that was promoting transgenderism and non binariness I kid you not. This is this is. Why D W Kids is going to exist in very short order. We need kids' content where you can put your kids in front of the TV and know that they are not going to be turned into gender non-binary widgets. It's insane. So this was an actual is an actual clip from a show called Ridley Jones about a bison who comes out as 9 binary to its grandma, played by Cindy Lauper. The creator of the show naturally is a lesbian. As I say, the people who have cultural power are people who use that cultural power basically in order to legitimize their own feelings of importance. So Ridley Jones was canceled for good reason. Here is a clip from Ridley Jones. That's because I'm non-binary and Fred is the name that fits me best. And I also use they and them because calling me a she or a he doesn't feel
2: right
3: to me. I'm sorry I used the wrong name and pronouns.
0: So they're lecturing. I mean, this is a show you can see by the animation. This is a show for like preschoolers. This is for like three, four, five-year-old kids. And if you couldn't hear that properly, that is a a gender non-binary bison explaining that the bison wants to use they, them pronouns. The director, the creator is a lesbian mom. Quote, doesn't surprise me. Netflix has quietly dumped the first preschool show that has a non-binary character coming out. I realize in this day and age, dumped means many things. Just zero promotion of the episode. Oh, and yes, this is the end of the series. They canceled us after what they just put out. They threw out all the specials, the Christmas special, the feature-length episode, the Cindy Lauper episode, just quietly slipped it in onto the service. So this is it. Amazing stuff. Taking, uh, Trying to program the small children. Of course, Netflix had to cancel it because who wants to watch that? Who wants to put their kids in front of it? And again, this is why you should go subscribe right now at dailywireplus.com because we are not going to provide this kind of crap to your kids at any point. We're not going to put it up and then take it down. We're just not going to give it to your kids because it turns out that those values are bad for your children. And that you should not have values that run directly counter to your own and the tradition and wisdom of history injected into programs meant for kids. If you think they're not coming for your kids, they are coming for your kids. That is the reason you put that in a preschool show. That is the only reason to put it in a preschool show. So at least Netflix has been forced to, uh, to back off. But not for long, not for long, of course. Okay, time for a quick thing that I hate. One of my favorite things about our elite class is, again, they are so damned weird but we're supposed to pretend that they are not, in fact, weird. That They are, in fact, totally normal and they are legit. So everybody sort of acknowledges that Gwyneth Paltrow is a weirdo, right? She has her goop magazine at which she has sold genitalia smelling candles and such. But um, she is still a famous and well-respected person in left-wing circles. You're like, oh yeah, she's a little kooky. She's a little kooky. Um, Well, I mean, it's not just that she, like these are the, the same people who think that Gwyneth Paltrow is worth listening to are the people who are like, I have. I never took off my mask. I'm still wearing my mask. They love Tussahians. Tuscience is great, which is why they are um, apparently putting ozone therapy in their behinds. So uh, she was on an episode of The Art of Being Well, and she says that uh, th- this is her, the weirdest thing that she is is doing right now.
1: What's the weirdest wellness thing that you've done?
0: I have used ozone therapy uh, rectally. <laughs> Did I didn't know this about you. <laughs> it's pretty weird. It's pretty weird. Well, yeah, she's filling that ozone hole. That's, yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, that. you know the Goop brand is actually worth like hundreds of millions of dollars. And they, I'll just point it out once again. Everybody's weird. Everybody has their own weirdnesses. This is why we tend to, in life, navigate by using heuristics, meaning shortcuts, right? We have to to find people that we can trust. And those people typically have to have like a broad record of success in a particular field in order for us to trust them. They have to actually have a bunch of data backing them. This is why traditional wisdom matters. But we've basically dispensed with that because of celebrity and because of mass media culture. And so that means anybody who appears on your TV is now an expert that you should listen to. So Gwyneth Paltrow is a celebrity you should listen to on matters of health because she's shooting ozone up her anus or whatever it is. Uh, and, uh, and these are the same exact people who want more and more. Con- if they want to be as weird, listen, Gwyneth Paltrow can do whatever she wants with the ozone. It's her problem. But what I will, no pun intended, but what I will say is that the more power you give any individual, the worse things are going to be. And this is precisely what the left insists on. Centralized power in a bunch of institutions and then trust the people who run the institutions to fix everything for you. Not, again, based on any sort of time-tested data, but based on the fact that they are the experts. The answer should be no. Already coming up, we're going to be jumping into the mailbag. So make sure that you subscribe over at Daily Wire Plus because you're just not going to get into the mailbag. You're not going to have your questions answered in the mailbag unless you do. If you're not a member, become a member. Use code Shapiro at checkout for two months free on all annual plans. Click the link in the description and join us. <laughs>